this one for 10 All right, guys, welcome back to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am Young Ari Gold, and for the first time in a podcast history of Texans Unfiltered, I am actually not with my friend and co-host, John Wade. We are actually recording via computer, John. You know, this is a brand new world, man. Brand new world. Yeah, so bear with us. We're, we're trying some new things out. Luckily for us, the patron has given us an option opportunity to be able to expand the podcast and increase what we're doing. Now we can do little things like this. It doesn't matter, Brian. But AFC South champions two years in a row, Brian. Yeah, but you guys are back in the... It doesn't matter what it looked like. Back in the playoffs. Looking forward to the playoffs. Exactly. And other things. So there'll be there'll be plenty more uh, of, of things like that. But uh, I thought that sound clip would be uh, somewhat uh, relevant considering how ugly yesterday's game was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because we, we have a habit of winning these games that are just ugly as I mean, ugly as sin. There's been way too many games like this during the Bill O'Brien era. But at the same time, we somehow managed to win them. So, man, their defense was good. Their defense was really, Dude, really good. Their defense was really, really good. They, uh, you know, it's funny if you if you look, and I guess we'll start here. But if you look at Julian Davenport's draft profile and watch him last year, the biggest knock was his footwork. Well, John, how do you offset a tackle with bad footwork? Well, you're really fast off the edge. And Jerry Hughes and Kyle Williams, Jerry Hughes specifically, are very fast off the edge. They're extremely fast. And we witnessed it yesterday. That was half of what caused so many issues. On top of that, you know, did you happen to see Brett's uh, video that he did about Deshaun? I did. Yeah. Did you, so, that's I mean, he's spot on. I've, it's, I mean, I've been pointing out the same things. Right. And, yeah, I mean, and it's true. We don't want to say it, though. He's right. Like, right. He is we, right. We he's don't want to right. say it's, it's Deshaun's Ansel, fault. I mean, to quote him, and we've been saying it for a couple, and we've been saying it for a couple of weeks, Deshaun is the cause to and solution for all of our problems on our offense. I mean, it just comes down to, Again, you'll probably get tired of me even saying it. Is he has where he's in his improvement has actually caused his regression. His last year, he was so quick and so aggressive in the red zone that's quick decisions. It's just execute. Where he's slowed down his decision making between the 20s, it's allowed him to be to grow as a passer. He sees more routes, he gets it to the third option. More often than not, that same slowdown, mental slowdown, is what's handicapping him within the 20s right now, because or in the red zone, is that's when he's got to pull the trigger. Yeah, it's... Um, so, I mean, I went to the game yesterday, and uh, I had my six-year-old with me, and I took him to his first game, so I didn't really get to truly watch the game. I, I would have... In, in a way that I would have liked, uh, but I did see enough. And then I rewatched the game twice this afternoon and there were so, 
look, Deshaun has to figure out what he is going to do pre-snap. It's pre-snap. It's not in the midst of the play. It's reading the defenses and taking what the defense gives to you. And right now, it's Deshaun's... I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he he knows that he does not have a lot of time to throw. And I think he thinks that he has to extend the play for the play to work. But in all actuality, what he needs to do is start dumping it off. And we saw it a couple times yesterday with Lamar Miller, but we didn't see it yesterday the way we did uh, against the Cowboys, where he was constantly dumping it off the blue you know, quickly. Uh, basically, he would just hold on to the ball. And, you know, had we have not gotten that Will Fuller pass interference call, we probably would have lost that game. And uh, Deshaun's just got to figure out what he's going to do. He's got to make the right pre-snap adjustments. He's got to be able to read that defense and know exactly where he wants to go. If that second or if that first read's not there, go to your second read. But I'm starting to see a lot of what we thought we would see last year was because he did it in college was him not going through his progressions. That was the one thing that me and you were really worried about coming into last year was him sticking to that one side of the field and really just that's it. But last year, you know, he's looking off safeties, making these crazy throws and, and, and going through his reads in such a quick manner this year, it's a completely different opposite. It's completely opposite. He's, he's looking to one guy and I don't know. I don't, I don't know what it is that's causing him to do it. Obviously he was in pain yesterday. What what was it? What is it? A partially collapsed lung? Is that is that what they're saying? Right. That's what Jay Glazer is saying. I mean, and then obviously some chest and ribs issues. He, Jay Glazer has always been known to church things up a little bit, but I mean, Deshaun was obviously hurt. It's the weirdest flow that I've seen in a game in a long time. Um, pretty much, the more our offense had the ball, the worse our offense got. You know, when you think right. of those big downhill runners that would wear out a defense, the Bills, that defense just completely flipped it on us. They were like, yeah, take the ball. We're going to beat the hell out of you. And then you're not going to be able to function. And that's essentially what they did to our offense. Started off the game, they actually looked pretty sharp. You know, we still have red zone issues. Um, but that defense just wore, wore them out. And... I mean, remember, this was a the Bills were a playoff team last year. They yep. decided to do a complete reboot on their offense. I don't know how that's going to turn out, but their defense is legitimately loaded. Remember, the Vikings are supposed to be one of the best three teams in the league or best four teams in the league, and the the Bills embarrassed them. Um, yeah. We in thought Minnesota. That, in Minnesota. And I mean, for a second, we thought the Titans might have something. The Titans are <laughs> didn't look good this week either. But between the Bills and the Ravens, they did go up against two of the very best defenses in the league right now. So, yeah, I think we may have. Over- we didn't look much. I'm sorry. We didn't look much better than the Titans yesterday. Again, than the way that the Titans looked against the Bills, it was pretty much the same game. Yeah, but we won. But we won. And that's... Yeah. In the NFL, these get... We talked about it during the the 0-3 start. There's going to be a lot of close games like this. A lot. There is a lot of parity in the NFL. That's, that is a feature. It's not a bug. They want parity. So, 
the teams that somehow put themselves in a position to have the lucky bounces to get the key turnover to not commit the key turnover are usually the teams that win. And that's why Deshaun's turnovers are frustrating. But at the same time, I mean, this is three weeks in a row where it was three games we could have lost that we somehow pulled out. And our offense is still not entirely clicking. It's it's flashed. It's definitely flashed. There's too much talent. They're able to put up too many numbers not to. But we're doing this with our offense not really in stride yet. And we're going to get it. I'm telling you, we're going to get a couple of games where the offense just lights people up a couple of games in a row. And our defense is going to fall apart because that's just the nature of things. It's coming. I don't know when, but it's coming. It'll probably be against teams that we least expected against. But it is going to come. It's just a natural regression. Just hopefully we can get hot towards the end of the year because right now we've got a chance to make the playoffs. Yeah, which is what we said last week was if we can at least win this game, go into week seven, three and three, uh, and with and literally we said with the Titans and Jags, if they lose next week, we will be tied for first. And look at what happened. We are tied for first. So right now the season is pretty much right at the beginning of the season again. Everybody's O and O. Or a zero, zero wins, zero losses. Uh, and this is an opportunity for the Texans to be able to come out and make the, pro- the the progressions that they've been looking to make. But we can't do that if Deshaun's banged up. And if we can't do that if Deshaun continues to get destroyed. Because is he a tough son of a bitch? Absolutely. He's a, he's one, he's, he is a tough, tough dude. I mean... Some of those hits yesterday were just, I mean, most quarterbacks would have crumbled, uh, but he just bounces back up and that's great. And that's what you want. But at the same time, there's going to be a point where he's not going to be able to get up and it's going to be a really bad injury. And then we're on full time for Brandon Whedon. And at that point, it's... It's going to be too much. I'm not sure if you had this thought, but when we, went, we got up 10 nothing, I was praying, just take Deshaun out and put Whedon in. I, we were only up 10 yeah, nothing, but I, what, the way their offense looked, I was like, whomever, you could already kind of see what their defense was going to start to do. They're just going to start to beat us up. At that point, I was like, just take Deshaun out. Their offense can't score 10 points. Their defense might be able to score 10 points. That somebody just needs to be back there as a tackling dummy. And I cannot believe I had that. That was halfway through the uh, second quarter where I was like, just pull Deshaun, let him rest, not not get beat up. And I even saw on Twitter, there's a big argument on whether or not he should have played at all. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, if we would have put him in... uh. If we would have put him in at, at when we were up ten, I think we would have won that game ten three. It would have been fine. <laughs> a lot of a lot of what a lot of the points came from turnovers on Deshaun. You know, fumbles, interceptions, things like that. You could say what you want about Brandon Whedon, but I think he would have at least taken care of the ball a little bit better. Uh, and you know, I I, def, I fault Deshaun, but I don't fault Deshaun. I know Deshaun's trying to make plays and he's trying to get out of the pocket, but at the same time, when you expose yourself to those kind of plays. You, Eventually, you're you're going to fumble the ball. I mean, even the greatest of quarterbacks fumble the ball. It, it is what it is. Tom Brady did it last night. Uh, 
so yeah, I think if Brandon Weeda would have been in the game for the you know from the remainder of the game, I still think we would have won, and I think we would have given you know Deshaun some some good time off. But at the same time, it's like when you're a quarterback and you start a game, you're going to finish a game. Like if you can, you're going to finish a game. Like that's just the mentality that they have. Well, he's now, still, and we can get into this after the other break. part. He still needs every snap he can physically physically take. I mean, he is, he does. he's improving and he's regressing and then he's improving and he regresses. And the only way he's going to get through it is by playing. And as much shit as Bill O'Brien gets, I do not envy him for his position because there is no winning. If he pulls the Sean, then people would ring him up alive for not being aggressive enough, especially if they somehow managed to blow it. Leave Deshaun in. He's getting crucified, you know. For letting him get beat up. I've seen so many so many people just absolutely blaming Bill O'Brien for the state that the uh the offensive line is in. And it's just it, again, it's it's no win. There was those same people last year that said trade Dwayne. So yeah, there's just no winning with this whole thing. At this point, you just got to let them play. They're all young. Let them grow up together. They've all got potential. They've all shown, they've also shown some skill. And at this point, the fact that Devlin's gotten that sort of improvement out of Kendall, or not Kendall Lamb, out of Lamb, what's his first name? Is it Kendall? Kendall. Uh, oh, um, <laughs> I think I've, I've put a block on on his name. <laughs> But the fact that Devlin has gotten... Why? He's been our best I know. Apple. Devlin's gotten that sort of improvement out of Lamb is the only player that I've straight up trash-talked in the history of this podcast. The only player that I've said I have no idea... Yeah, you even said last year that you said he shouldn't be in the league. Right. He's the only player I've ever said that about. He looked incredibly yeah. lost last year. Like, he was just... He, and this year, he's our he is our best tackle, and he's above average. We're getting the exact yeah. same play out of him that we would have gotten out of uh, Nate Soldier for, you know, about one twelfth of the cost. So, right. We want to crucify Devlin, but he's he's gotten that sort of results out of him. I mean, <sighs> and look at what he's gotten for the guards. I mean, look at look at the guard yeah, play. The guard play has been been good too all, all year. You know what what's the saying? If ands if the if ands or buts, right? Well, if we would have not traded Dwayne Brown, we would have a left tackle. Just point break period. If Rick Smith, like, we would if Rick have Smith handled that tackle. negotiation better, our offensive line is in the upper half of the league. I I'm I've never been one yeah. of those yeah. that have absolutely crucified Rick Smith. I think that he was very human. He, he did an, an above average job. Just look at the talent that is on the roster. But I think that he always shit the bed when it came to negotiations. Both Boyer and Dwayne Brown point to how the negotiations with them were handled and the lack of respect from those negotiations. I think that Dwayne got offended during the negotiations, which, I mean, you remember the comments because we were kind of laughing about them where Rick Smith was just straight cold gangster. And Dwayne took that to heart. And then he got his opening to be a troublemaker. Whereas I think that if it's handled, the negotiations are handled more respectfully. Then all that last year doesn't happen. 
again, I, this is this is an old point for me. So no point in beating that dead horse. But like you said, I mean, to an extent, like if you if you're if you're making a common sense, like if, if you're approaching this from a common sense standpoint, right? Hey, we're going to trade up and we're going to grab a franchise quarterback. We're going to get rid of a second round pick to get rid of Brock Osweiler. And we're going to get rid of a first round pick so we can land Deshaun. My thought just from a fan's perspective and I guess a podcast host's perspective is, hmm, we have a pretty good left tackle here. We just drafted a franchise quarterback. It may make sense to keep that guy pretty happy so he can protect our future. But that wasn't the approach. And, you know, I think both of us last year were both kind of, we were, I think we were on the fence. I think we had moments where it was like, okay, I get what Rick Smith's doing. You can't give into the, you can't give into just the player because when you do, you're setting the precedence. That was your, that was where you were standing. And there were times where I agreed. And then there were times where, you know, it would, we'd see what the product we had on the field and we would say, good God. How are you not paying Dwayne Brown? Now we're truly seeing why did we not pay Dwayne Brown? You can say whatever you want about the whole Arian Foster podcast and his feelings about Bob McNair and all the issues that came up. I think a contract would have solved all of those issues because Dwayne Brown knew that Bob McNair was a racist when he was still on the team. And guess what? You never heard anything about it beforehand. You never heard about the Obama, you know, the Obama winning you know, uh, story until after that came up when it was, when it was perfect timing for Dwayne to bring it up until then, none of us even knew of that story. So we could have made it work and we didn't. And now that we didn't, we're in this situation that we're in now. Do I think Davenport still has potential? I do. I think that the last, like the last two matchups have been very tough matchups for him. I think this last one specifically was extremely tough. Jerry Hughes, I know a lot of people don't know his name, but I promise you watch his film. This guy is a really freaking good 4-3 defensive end. He's extremely quick and he's extremely the only strong. People don't know he's, his he's like a hybrid. He plays in Buffalo. If he played somewhere else, you would, you would know who he was. Yeah, if he was on the Bears opposite of Khalil Mack, you would know exactly who he is. But because he does play in Buffalo and they suck, you don't know who he is, but he's an extremely good defensive end. And it showed yesterday. I hope all of you know his name. And I mean, now. it's been, and Kyle Williams is always been up been. and down. Julian Davenport held his own against the Cowboys. The Cowboys have a very good front seven and he held his own. Yep. So the bills are, are really freaking good. Like, they're really good. They are very physical and they will just beat the other team up. That is their stated goal. They know they're not going to win. So they're just going to go out there and beat the shit out of the other offensive line. And Davenport got beat up. He got outran and he was physically overmatched. Now that's of course yep. going to happen. He's essentially in his rookie season too. Yeah, I think, you know, it's uh, how would Davenport look now if he was at left tackle the whole season? Could have, would have, should have. Exactly. And these could have, would have, should have keep coming back. And it's almost as if like nobody else is paying attention to these things. You know, it's if Bill O'Brien wouldn't make the bonehead decision to start Martinez Rankins over Davenport, who's been playing there for so long now, not in a long time, but 
enough from last year and this year to be able to continue to build on that. But no, he yanks him and adds a guy who's never played, wasn't in training camp, didn't take a snap in preseason, and just threw him out to the fire. So now we have two tackles that don't know what they're doing, are lost in what they can do. Their confidence is probably shot, and we ha- we have what happened yesterday. So other than that, though, like I don't want to, I don't want to like come across as like the offensive line is the the worst in the league. I know that PFFF and all those analytical sites say that you know we are the worst in the league. I still don't think we're worse than the Giants. I still think the Giants have a worse offensive line than we do. Uh, but things got to be figured out and they need to be figured out soon. And I think it's going to come from consistency of play, but I guess we're going to have to find out over time. Look, the offense in general yesterday was just disgustingly awful. Besides DeAndre, yet again, who honestly, the only reason he had like 56 yards was because he couldn't get targeted because Deshaun was getting destroyed every two seconds or else he would have had more, to be honest with you. He was open a lot. Uh it is what it is. The run game struggled again. I mean, there were times where they were bouncing outside and they looked okay. The The difference is that Buffalo actually has an extremely fast front seven. So they're able to get to that outside and, 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 and stop those tosses and, and counters. But they had some plays where they were breaking them open. Lamar Miller ran through the middle a couple times, actually looked decent. Uh, but he's not going to be any better than what you saw yesterday. So, the offense is the offense. It's it's what we're going to see. I What I want to talk about before we get to the defenses, and, and I want to get your opinion, John, it, should we now with us being 3-3 three and three and tied for first, so basically we're at the beginning of the season, should we sit Deshaun this week? No. Oh, my God. Just straight up there, no. Why? Why do you think that? Because we got to beat the Jaguars. I mean, that's just what it comes down to. It's why I didn't agree with even sitting him against the Bills. We have to win. We have to continue to win. We have dug ourselves. We dug ourselves a hole. Now we've dug ourselves to a point where we're even again. This is where it's kind of college football. Right now, every game matters. We can lose maybe three more games for the rest of the year. Maybe. And we definitely don't want to lose them against a division rival. That's fair. That's fair. And and I totally understand where you're coming from. I guess my thought is, after watching what this competitive AFC South truly looks like now, when I see the landscape of the AFC South, let's go ahead and eliminate the Colts so they're out. I mean, it can happen, right? Anything can happen. We just came from 0-3 to 3-3, but the likelihoods of the Colts being out of winning the division are, are, are pretty much up there. If we just sat Deshaun this one game and let him fully rest, I think that it would do us better long-term. That defense, even though they did not look good against Jacksonville, Dallas, is still... That offensive line in Dallas, just so everybody understands, is a lot better than we are in pretty much every position. So I, I don't know. I just I feel like if we can avoid Deshaun taking some hits and and just look, if anybody in this league can coach a game with Brandon Whedon and win, and this is going to be hilarious, <laughs> it's Bill O'Brien. 
Bill O'Brien is used to these times, types of situations. This is what he does. This is when he is at his best. This is when he comes up with some crazy schemes, some crazy offensive play calls, and it's, finds a way to win. Yeah. This is the game that he does that. I mean, this is how this is it's how he's funny. always funny. The, the games and where so he takes complete if we can control have him, away from the quarterback, where he's going to call every single play, he's not going to give him the ability. We've talked about it. He kind of overthinks himself. When he takes away all the options and he tells the quarterback exactly what to do, I mean, it's not sustainable, but he's been able to pull out just incredible game plans with horrible quarterbacks when he just doesn't let them try and execute right. the Bill O'Brien Patriot system where they have to go up and make some decisions. Yeah. And, and so I guess that's kind of my, my thought is if, if I would, I wouldn't put, I mean, I put Deshaun on the injury report. I'd act like he was going to play all game and then let the Jags game plan for Deshaun. And then I would just have Brandon Whedon start and I would have a game plan that works for Brandon Whedon. Look, Brandon Whedon has won some games in this league. He's not incompetent. And to be honest with you, with the way Deshaun's playing right now, I think that there's going to be some throws there that Brandon's going to make and see that Deshaun right now just isn't seeing. Whether it be like, what is it that you get? Like after you get into an accident, you have like a like a traumatic like feeling and, and you're scared when you're behind the wheel again. That's exactly how Deshaun is right now. He's so rattled because he knows that someone's coming for him and he's going to take a hit. Brandon Whedon has a fresh set of eyes, a fresh body. Put him out there. Let's see if we can get something going. If we lose, okay, we lose, but we're still in it no matter what. And we expected to lose this game anyways. We we knew, we everybody pretty much circled at the beginning of the season that this would be the game. Everybody was scared of the Jags. We expected to see the Jags of last year. Guess what? That Jags team is not the same team. That defense is quitting on Doug Marone. That defense is not playing at a high level every day like they did last year. They're also tired of Blake Bortles being a sh- total shit show at quarterback. They're not, they don't want to give it what they've given in the past. And now would be the time to be able to expose. Yeah, I don't that think they've quit on the road. They quit, quit on Bortles. They are. I uh, mean, I it, think, you look, if you watch how Marone did in Buffalo, it's, those players, it's quit. probably, they probably goes hand in hand. Um, <laughs> right. Because if you, if you don't make a yeah. change at quarterback, it's like, okay, Doug, you can't see that this guy sucks. Like we had an opportunity to take a quarterback two years straight and you chose not to. You wanted Leonard Fournette who showed in college he can't be healthy and now is showing in the NFL he can't be healthy. You didn't take Lamar Jackson at the end of the first round last year. How are we going to get better as a team? They could have Deshaun Watson. They could have Lamar Jackson with that defense. And those receivers. They – And hey – you know, they actually had opportunities to improve quarterback and they didn't. And I've always said the best coaching job that Bill O'Brien ever did was not losing the team when we had Osweiler as our quarterback. And when yeah. we even had worse options as our quarterback, he was able to keep them together. Are there worse options than <laughs> Osweiler? I just want to be clear. I mean... <laughs> No. <laughs> no, no, there's not. Osweiler is the worst option. 
<laughs> are you gonna are you gonna talk? <laughs> no, I've, I've completely lost my right. tra- train of thought. Uh, right no, now. that's all right. That's all right. Look, look. Uh, anyways, if Deshaun plays, hopefully this week, this is the week where he shakes it all off uh, and gets back to normal. But that's only going to happen if he starts to go through his reads and he trusts his offensive line. But he doesn't. And Bill O'Brien doesn't trust his offensive line either. That's why he's giving the ball to Deshaun because he knows that the running backs aren't getting anywhere that they need to because our offensive line is hot garbage. But I I expect Deshaun to play and I expect us to go in and I don't know. I, I don't I don't really know. I don't know what to expect from this game. And I guess we'll get to that at the end of the podcast. Let's go to the defense real quick because the defense, you know, I know we were playing Josh Allen. Uh, but we would have lost that game had Josh Allen stayed in the game <laughs> because he has a rocket of an arm, and those out routes that were floated by Nathan Peterman would not have been floated by Josh Allen. He, he probably would have made those completions. Uh, but the defense as a whole just played a great game. Um, JJ got to the quarterback. You know, Clowney got to the quarterback. BMAC again had his second-best game of the season. He was all over the place. They bottled up LaShawn McCoy pretty well. Uh, and LaShawn McCoy is a different running back than Ezekiel Elliott. He's a lot more agile. He's, he has, you know, he has a nice cut. Obviously uh, Elliott does too, but they're just different. One's speedy. The other one's more of like a, a hybrid power slash finesse runner. Um, but the defense did what they were supposed to do. It was pretty much the same game plan as the Cowboys. Look, shut down LaShawn McCoy force Josh Allen to be the quarterback and throw the ball and we'll win this game. And the first half, it looked like we were doing exactly that. Uh, and then the second half, you know, whatever, Nathan Peterman came in through a touchdown. But I think overall the defense is starting to click at a level that I think this is where when we were in the offseason, we were talking about adding the Honey Badger, excited about Cunningham, uh, you know, what can Clowney, Merck, and Watt do? Merciless is still disappearing, but it is what it is. He did have a better game last year, last week than he did at least at all this this season so far. But you mean all look, that? This is what we expected. Right? I mean, this is what we were expecting from our defense. Well, because it, it, we <laughs> we like build him up every week now. It's it's got like we're already in week six. Like like we can keep tooting our own horn and everybody else's horn that said, Hey, let's move safety or move cream to safety. Uh, You know, whatever. (laughs) Everything. He's gotten better at, he's gotten better at nickel and corner. He's got his confidence back. Exactly. I mean, all of a sudden he, well, he may be the best or not necessarily. He's the best secondary player, but quite possibly second or third best defender on the team. And arguably, if he goes yeah. down, I think that would hurt more than anybody else on our defense. This is a guy that we were arguing about I is going to get cut or not. It's amazing. Yeah. We thought, it's I amazing. thought it could be the surprise cut. Maybe, maybe our defensive coaches know a little bit of something. Well, it just shows it. That just takes them a little while to figure it out. Yeah. The problem is, like, this is the same defensive. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, this is the same defensive coaches that we've is, had, John. Like, that is honestly my why biggest now <laughs> with our coaching staff is they do eventually make adjustments and they do eventually get things right. But why does it take them so long? 
Like, I just, I don't understand what we don't see at practice. What are, what are we missing? Because for the most part, we'll see something and we'll be screaming for it. And the media will be, or even Houston media in general will be seen for it, screaming for it. And then three weeks later, the Texans will finally do it. And it's like, see, why the fuck didn't you do that three weeks ago? When all of us wannabe coaches who really are not nearly as smart when it comes to football to anybody on that staff sees it weeks and weeks ago. Honestly, like, I, 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 don't, I, have, I have no answer for you. I, I typically have an answer or I'll make up an answer. In this area, I honestly don't even know what to say because it's like, I don't understand how you can't see, like, first of all, just from his tackling ability in general, that he would be a good safety. Like that alone is like, okay, whoa, this this guy wraps up extremely well. He would probably be a good safety, but that's not, I, I don't know, John. I mean, maybe Bob overthinks all that stuff and then it rolls downhill. I don't, I'm not sure, but Kareem is definitely making his presence felt on this entire team. And Honey Badger's starting to play like what we expected the Honey Badger to play. He's, you know, he's hitting hard. He's tackling. He's playing in the box extremely well. He even covered a, uh, a wide receiver on the outside yesterday and looked pretty good. So, I mean, look, we all know what the defensive potential is. And I think we're starting to get a peek of it. Our corners are still old. Our corners still have issues. They're not going to hold up all year. There's going to be times where we play teams that those wide receivers are going to burn our corners. And yes, even the beloved J. Joe, who had a great game yesterday, and he's had good games this year. But because of J. Joe's age, he's going to meet a young wide receiver that's going to take him for a spin. It is what it is. But I think this defense is good enough to be able to overcome the second the, the, the secondary in general. And I think... When Aaron, if Aaron Colvin comes back in time, which today in the Bill O'Brien's press conference, he did say that he expects to have him back at some point. Uh, I, I think the defense will be fine. I like Sharice Wright. I was extremely skeptical skeptical when we brought him in, uh, but he's looked really good. I mean, he's really been where he needs to be. Uh, he's, I think, he leads the team in pass deflections this year. Uh, he he looks he looks good. He's exactly what you said we needed: an average to good corner that can come in and just play fundamental the, fu- the fundamentals of the corner position, and he's done that. Now, there is there are things that we're going to have to add to this team f- for the future for us to be better. But right now, I think what we have, well, I think we can win with on defense. Clowney and Watt, when they get going, gonna, it's, it's crazy. You're going to notice how much better our secondary plays against these teams with slow receivers. The Jaguars are going to terrify me because they have a lot of speed at the receivers. And they'll be a, a team like that's going to be able to take advantage yeah. of our weaknesses. So you got to play for bad Bortles. You got to play pray for a quarterback that's going to hold the ball too, too long. Because those receivers should eat our corners a lot. It's just where they're at physically. Neither Sharice Wright... Or JJ really do really have the capability of keeping up with um, uh, Kenyon Cole or Didi Westbrook. I mean, we saw what Cole did to us last year. So please, God, don't let him do it again. <laughs> this is where I hope I'm wrong, but that's actually 
what scares me the most about the Jaguars. It's not even their defense. It's those receivers. Thank God they have Bortles as their quarterback. Yeah, I think I think Rack can put together a game plan that'll take away those those deep wide the wide receivers that are I mean, look, DD Westbrook's gonna be fast. Uh mm-hmm. and so is what is name what's his name? Keenan Cole? Yeah, he's fast too. And uh look, if we can play the safeties a little further back, basically take exactly that exact game plan that Dallas had with us and just play those safeties further back than they typically would. Let those linebackers do their job, and, and maybe maybe we can keep everything in front of us. But uh, I, I don't expect I, – I honestly don't expect that offense for the, for the Jacksonville Jaguars to be any good. I, I just – our defense is, is too good for Bortles to be able to have the game that he needs. What actually scares me about this game is if Bortles starts scrambling around. Uh, because he, it's not that he's a great scrambler, and it's not that he's like Mariota or Russell Wilson. He's not fast, but he's sneaky fast, and he's sneaky oh, fast Bortles in the sense that he can run and get you a couple first downs. He, oh, I mean, well, he may he may honestly he has now. a couple more games like this last <laughs> one. He may want to do the Logan Thomas route. Um, he would be a fantastic tight end. Yeah, maybe you can go to Patriot land and line up opposite of Gronk. Um, yeah, no. So, look, before we get – so let's stay on the defense. Uh, Zach Cunningham, look, he had a great game. I know that he was on the receiving end of the touchdown. I mean, it is what it is. Like, you're going to give up some plays like that, especially when you're a linebacker in, in, in coverage. If you look at his stats and, and the analytical stuff, if that's what you look at for PFF, uh, pro football focus and all the other stuff – He's, I think, like the seventh overall linebacker in the NFL right now based on total overall grade. Uh, he, he's everywhere you need him to be. He'll get better in coverage. Just give him some time. But uh, And then BMAC. BMAC had another great game. Uh, if BMAC continues to, to show the levels that he's been in the past, we're going to be fine. But I don't think anybody's worried about the defense, to be honest with you. I think I think I think everybody knows exactly the potential of this defense and what we can be. It's really just the offense. It's really just Bill O'Brien. And and it's really for all of you that don't think this is the case, just so you are very clear and we're very clear. Deshaun Watson is the biggest part of the issue of this team right now. Not saying that we don't love him. I'm not saying that we don't think he'll be a superstar potential MVP in the future. But right now, he's just a little shell shock. And until that gets correct, I mean, even with the this Bills team's game, not going to do much more. If he starts converting uh, end zone cha- or red zone chances into touchdown this year, he's putting up MVP numbers. Just the yeah. I mean, this was his yeah. worst game passing. I think he had 177 yards passing. He's still on track for like 4,800 yards of, of passing so yards, he's and he's on pace for out. 600 yards rushing. He's right now, he's just going through growing pains. I mean, this is what's expected. Remember Peyton Manning's first 16 games? I think he set the NFL record for the amount of interceptions that he threw. Like, yep. This happens. It's part of a growing pains with a quarterback. That aggressiveness that Deshaun has is what's going to make him great and what has made him do great things. That's also the same reason though, that he's getting beat up. It's also the same reason why he's throwing interceptions. 
It's he doesn't want to give up on a play. And he want he's still going for the big play. You nailed it. Absolutely nailed it when you said pre-snap reads. If he would recognize when he needs to look for dish, uh, for Hop first versus when he needs to look for Kiki first, that alone would have made a huge, huge difference in the amount of sacks. I think three out of the sacks, if he had taken a three-step drop and just yeah. unloaded it to Kiki instead of trying to look towards Hop first, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have gotten hit. And... I mean, again, this is not trashing Deshaun. Not at all. This is saying, hey, realize that we need a little bit of patience with him. That there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs. But he's still going to be really good. You can already see that he's going to be really good. He already has been really good. Well, and let's be clear. It's... That last game was literally his 12th game he has started. I'm not sure what you expected, but I'm pretty sure if you combine these six games and last year's six games, something would tell me that he would be a like it would be between him and Mahomes right now for MVP. So just give it some time. Uh, And and, and then for everybody else that's ready to go ahead and bail on Bill O'Brien. Look, I get it. I get it. It is ugly. We are not winning great games or winning in a way that we should right now. Give it time, though. And I know it's hard to say that, but this is the first year that we've had Gaines and and Bill O'Brien together. Let them formulate their plan. Let them add the players they need. Give them time to address the offensive line. It's not like they both just decided to have this offensive line. They were basically handed this offensive line. They tried to get Soldier. They tried to get, uh, who else was it? They, they tried to get every freaking everybody in free agency when it came to the offensive line. There was nothing they could do. And I'm glad we didn't pay Soldier because guess what? We probably would have been cutting them at the end Soldier of the season. Soldier and Norwell have He's been not huge, worth the money. bust so far this year. Uh, that's not to say they can't improve, but that's one of the comments that I read that we should have spent all the money on Soldier which apparently we did. We did match it. He decided he would rather be in New York than Houston. And well, his, one of his, his one of his kids sick. Well, his family's in New York. Hospital. Um, but if the money, if there was a difference in money, he would Houston could have led him away. But when all things were considered considered equal, he went with New York. That was the quote. And then we never really went after Norwell. But had we had given both of those the guys the contracts that they that they signed with, we wouldn't have the potential this coming offseason to really make some moves. And as much as we fussed about this past offseason and the lack of free agent activity, I mean, seriously, there really wasn't any good ones. Like, I again, no complaints with the guys we brought in. It's been a solid class. It's been a solid free agent class and a solid draft class. We've got to be patient. I know we want to take advantage and just go spend the money now. Trust me. I want to play Madden too. I want to turn our NFL team into Madden. This is why we throw away the, why we brought up the thing about Patrick Peterson. We want to, but that's not how the real world works. 
Yeah, no, I agree. Look, sh- news flash to like literally anybody in the world. Good left and right tackles typically don't hit the free agent market. Do you know why? Because nobody wants to have an offensive line like better we yet. Have right hey, now. here's here's a point. It just doesn't. We're happen. all condemning how bad our and offensive line is. Go look at every other fan's Twitter or every other team's Twitter. Everybody is crucifying. Everybody is crucifying their offensive line. Everybody. I'm sure it's the same complaint. I don't think there's a single team out there that is like, you know what? We've got a good line. Not a, not from a fan's perspective. No, not even Dallas. They're even fussing about their if, line. Uh, Dallas. So it's everybody. And you can't take PFF well, grades. That's just because there's not when it comes to offensive linemen. That that's what everybody always points to. Oh, look at our PFF grade. It's so bad. You can offensive line is the hardest to judge. There's just you cannot take PFF grades for them. No, watch the tape. You'll see. Calamente, good addition. Zach Fulton, good addition. The interior of our offensive line is going to be fine. We just have to fix the fix the tackle positions. I, and look, we have the draft capital to be able to do that next year. So I, I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, do not be surprised if we take three tackles. And I mean, straight in the draft up. Next year. There's a good chance we do it. Martin and Fuller, I'm not. Fulton, there we go. <laughs> why do I, why is it so hard for me in names? Fulton. But there's really not many players in the entire league that I, we would take over either know. one of them. And Calamente, and he's been fine. There's a little bit longer of a list for him. And with our tackles, the only reason we... Davenport, once he gets more snaps, is he's going to be fine. Now, could we possibly improve? Yeah, we could, but he's not the worst tackle in football, which everybody keeps continuing to make him out to be. He's just a kid that got jerked around that should have been stayed at left tackle from game one, and he's going to make some mistakes. And he'll probably be end up being our swing tackle for the next 10 years. Maybe not our starter, but definitely at least a swing tackle. Which is fine. Look, and, and let's go, let's get to the Pat Pete stuff. So it's now been announced. And look, if you've been listening to the show for the last four weeks, I announced it four weeks ago and told you guys that they were in a full rebuild mode. I told you that there was a chance that we could trade for Patrick Peterson. We probably could have done it in week two or week three. They are in full rebuild. They don't know if Josh Rosen is a quarterback for them. They are old at a lot of different positions. So for the people that are like, why would a team like Arizona trade such a franchise cornerback? Well, because they're old at a lot of different spots. It's not just Larry Fitzgerald. It's also their linebackers. It's also some of their defensive line. Look, the team, when you go in full rebuild mode, it's not a position group you're looking to change. It's most of the team. And... When you can add a pick or two, it's worth it. You you sacrifice that one piece. And look, I don't know how many of you watch Cardinals games. I'm not a Cardinals fan, 
but I've been a Pat Pete fan since he came into the league. He's been my favorite corner in the league for the last eight years. The dude is a monster. For you guys looking at his stats and saying, well, PFF didn't even have him as his 101 greatest uh, players in 2017. Yeah, guess why? Because they don't throw to his side. Okay, he can't have pass deflections every game. Why? Because that whole side is locked down. He is the best man corner in the league. There's nobody that can play man the way that Patrick Peterson plays man. And it's because of how he's built and how fast he is. And he's just a freaking technician. If you can give up a second shit, honestly, John, at this point, if you can give up a second and a fourth or a second and a third, I honestly don't even care now. With him being 28 and having that contract that he has, I think it's $11 million next year and $12 million in 2020. You're literally looking at, I mean, those are, that's, look at what the rest of these corners are getting paid right now. Look at what Malcolm Butler just got paid. Okay. Look at what Tremaine Johnson just got paid in New York. Patrick Peterson is 10 yeah. times better than both of those players combined. Oh, no. I, I agreed with you Trade 100% last Pat week. Pete. It has to happen. Um, when you look at and that contract, won't, hell yes. We were second in one of our late round picks. Hell yeah. I mean, Again, if it was Madden, I'm pretty sure that yeah. trade would be accepted. But real life, unfortunately, does not work like that. I I don't know why. I don't have access to the NFL offices. I try to read books and try and figure out. I think maybe they just don't call each other. It's still getting used to the... I think NFL GMs are still getting used to the idea of even doing midseason trades with quality players. And we need... Teams like the Eagles that were aggressive last year to continue to be aggressive this year to show other teams, hey, it can be done. And it can be done successfully. NFL coaches have this. It ultimately comes down to this idea that the NFL coaches believe that their scheme is too hard to learn by a new player too quickly. Yet they constantly sign these garbage free agents off the street. And I don't mean garbage, but these low-level free agents off the street and end up having to get quality minutes out of them. Yet everybody's afraid to trade for an upper-tier player halfway through the year because they won't get the playbook. Even when the Niners traded for Garoppolo last year, they tried to sit him. I mean, yeah, they tried to sit him longer. And his, they did kind of got forced. I mean, it's look look how ridiculous that was. NFL coaches sometimes are too in love with their own playbook and too in love yeah. with the idea that no, it's look, scheme over I mean, players. When it still is, no matter what scheme it is, players over scheme. Well, look, if you think that there's a chance Pat Pete can't be inserted to the number one corner spot on this team, you're tripping balls, dude. Not you personally, just in general. If you guys, if, if anybody in NRG right now thinks, God, yeah, you know, we'd love to have him, you know, it'd really be more of a next year move because he's going to take some time for him to get playbook. No, you put him on the number one wide receiver and you say, look, shadow this guy, the rest of the team's going to be in zone because <laughs> he's going to be fine. You can put him wherever you want and, and he's good at zone too. So I don't know, man, we won't trade for him and there'll be a, t- he will be traded. I, I, I literally, I'm willing to bet lots of money that either the Eagles 
or most likely the Eagles will trade for him. He's not going to the Rams for everybody. I think it's just because the Rams want everybody. Look, that's a that's a division rival. Arizona's not going to give them Patrick Peterson and face them for the next seven years. That's not happening. So somebody will trade for him, and we're going to be kicking ourselves in the ass saying, what the fuck? They got Patrick Peterson It'll for a second like and a sixth. Six. It won't even be this and, year. And we're going to say, six. yeah, next yeah year they six. did. And we probably could have gotten Right. Exactly. Exactly. And we're, we'll all be sitting back saying, well, God, why didn't we do that? Well, we didn't do that because we're not aggressive enough. That's why. And the mentality inside is that we have our home, own grown talent and we will pick up a Quentin Demps and make him into a all-star and then he'll go to Detroit or wherever the hell he went, Chicago, and suck balls. Why? Because we just have a good scheme. So, I don't know. It's going to be very frustrating to watch that That once I get the alert that that happened and not see my team's name next to it. But it's what I'm expecting, so I don't really know what else to truly say about it. Um, all right, John. What are we expecting from this Jags game? What What are, like, the, to me, this is <laughs> one bit. of those games where it's like, is your neck hurting? My neck's hurting from like staring at the screen. Now, now I understand yeah, why people like rolling my neck have those back video and forth and chairs. it's not helping. I'm hoping the mic's not picking like, it up. But uh, car chairs, like I, I'm, I'm understanding now. Yeah, um, this game scares me more than any game we've played yet this year. This includes the uh, Patriots game. Um, the Jaguars' defense this year does have holes compared to last year. There's some pretty big holes compared to last year, but. Their defensive line can still hurt some people. And the, their defensive line can still hurt players. They still got Ramsey and Boye. I mean, yeah, I, I'm a little scared. I'm glad. Yeah, so I'm actually not. Um I, I don't think I don't think this Jags team. You know, it's funny. Like, I was trying to think of a good analogy, and I just can't come up with one. But this this team is nowhere near the confidence level that they were at last year, uh, and a lot of that has to do with the defense. The defense is not they aren't they aren't clicking in the way that they have in the past. You can literally see it in their body language and the way that they're not celebrating with each other after last year. Third down. AJ Bouye knocks down a, 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 a or has a deflection. Everybody on the team's high five and AJ Bouye, and they're going off the field together. This year, that's not happening. When you see little subtle changes like that, it just shows you the morale of the team. They know that with Blake Bortles at quarterback, they cannot win. And I expect if Deshaun is healthier, which he should be healthier this week. He should he I, I know he took a beating, but he didn't take a beating like he did in Dallas. And I'm sure there was some sort of protection for his chest and ribs. Uh, I expect us to go in and win in an ugly fashion like we've won the last two weeks. I expect us to actually play like this until the bye, to be honest with you. Luckily for us, the way that the schedule lays out, there's a good chance that we can win. I, thought, I think we have what? Four, is it four more weeks? I think week ten's our bye, right? Yeah, that's it's either right, week ten. I was, think, I, think, I was thinking we have. I think that, after this game we go to Miami, right? And Thursday we night, need Deshaun to survive two more games. This and game then and after that we go to Washington. Then he gets ten days off. But 
And then our bye. Our bye is pretty much exactly in the yeah. middle of the season, so it's like not week nine or ten. I I I think this is. Yeah, I, I, if I remember correctly, after this we go to Miami. After Miami, we go to Washington, and then we either have a bye after Washington, or we play Denver and then have a bye. Hopefully, it's bye then Denver because I really don't want him to go to Mile High Stadium before the bye, but. I expect us to win this game in an ugly, ugly kind of way. Uh, Fairbairn's going to be the the as he is the number one fantasy kicker. Just in case anybody didn't know, and if you don't know why, he's yeah, the week kicker, ten. Then I'm surprised our, you're listening to this podcast. It's because that's bye. the only way we score points. Uh, okay, good. Flipped. So yeah, so I was right. We go Denver, Miami after Jacksonville, bye. then Washington, Washington, then bye, then Denver. No, Denver. Yep. Denver, then bye, then. Washington. Ugh, damn, that sucks. Go playing in Denver is rough. For anybody that watched the Rams game yesterday, it, it's a completely different animal when you play in Denver. Uh, that could be a rough game for us. I, I expect us to lose that game no matter what we look like. Uh, I don't know. Case we'll see. We'll get to that one once we get past the Jags. I expect us to win this game. I expect the defense to be the reason we win yet again. I think that Clowney and JJ are going to be on a whole nother level. I don't expect this to be a game where we don't see both of them clicking. I expect this to be a game where they both remember what it looked like last year when Saxonville was born and they both are going to wreck absolute havoc on this team. That's truly what I expect. I expect rack to get extremely creative and I think we are going to destroy Blake Bortles. I think that is the main mission and I think that they they will they will they will succeed in that mission. I'm expecting I'd say like a I don't know 17-14 type game, uh, but I expect us to win this game. And then we'll be number one in the AFC South unless Tennessee wins. Then we'll be second because they beat us off of a fluke play. Um, <laughs> if we don't make the playoffs because of that one fucking play, I swear to God. I'm going to punch myself at the end of the season. Uh, yeah, so I expect us to win. I think this is going to be it. I think we'll start to – like I said, once the bye happens is when I think that we'll really see the team that we expected to see coming into the season. That'll be where Deshaun is pretty much – yeah, that'll actually be the time where Deshaun has played all 16 games. So, uh, yeah, that's that's I mean, my expectations. I Not sure so. if they're right, but that's just what I see. You sound a lot more optimistic than I do. <laughs> <laughs> me too yeah you know i'm optimistic just in the sense like when you when you win these kind of games the way that we've won you know the locker room oh, the they players love it. the swagger they the confidence love like, it they to start, us and the media it's they like, start to get the feeling that game. no matter what's God, going to happen they're going to figure out a way to win but they don't care so for yeah, them they, it starts to build it's um do you remember the Panthers when they went to the Super Bowl? Exactly. Um, not this last time, but when they had DeHome as their quarterback, when they're the uh, Cardiac Cats, that's how they won every single game. You, every every week, I remember yep, watching yep. them thinking, okay, they're going to lose this week. There's no way they can win. because, And they would just keep eking them out. I think they even barely beat us by like two points, like something fluky that year. And that team was just ridiculous. And they were able to ride that wave all the way to the Super yeah. Bowl. So it's not unprecedented for a team to win ugly and to continue to win ugly. I mean, just for my own heart, I hope we <laughs> I hope we figure some things out so I don't have a heart attack before the age of 40. But 
Mm. You know, at, at this point, I am not going right. to, the amount of anger that we won this game absolutely blew my mind. I've never seen like Houston Twitter this pissed off after a win. Usually after a win like that, everybody just kind of relaxed. It's like, woo, we pulled it off. And then the next week that we lose, that's when it just all comes like raining out. Oh, we didn't even the week before we, when we won, we shouldn't have won. Blah, blah, blah. This, this time they're a little ahead of the game. I wonder if they were just trying to get the bad right. mojo out before the, uh, the, the Astros game. I, I don't know. Um, granted, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't even want to talk pine about tar it. But, game. You know, <laughs> A win is a win, especially in the NFL with this much parody. And it was fun. It was another, it honestly was another game that yeah. it felt like we we're about to blow them out. Like we're, we're, we're able, we're, we're starting up that mountain. We just, we just can't get over that hump. That yeah. final last put last push and the, the floodgates are going to open. And I thought that throw to, I really did think that throw to Hopkins, that touchdown which is going to open the floodgates. Man, I really did. I thought so too. It was I one was of like, those where it's like he a, remembered. What a throw. Hey, I had the My God, best he's back. receiver <laughs> throwing in the red zone. But it's like he forgot again because he still tried to throw at Ryan, Ryan Griffin. And I, th- I think that's a, a good way to end on a positive note. The the beautiful read that Deshaun made at DeAndre for the touchdown. I do have yeah. a question for you, though, John. Do you like Starbucks? Shh. Just listen. I don't even go to Starbucks. You just wanted to play with me, too. I used to. Then I realized it wasn't a chick. <laughs> the greatest set. I, I mean, I love my new toy. It's very shiny. It's a very shiny toy. Uh, and that's also my favorite Brian Cushing audio clip of all time. So I remember sitting in bed watching with my wife hard, that Cush. Hard Knocks episode, and we both just started cracking up. Uh, all right. So a couple of house cleaning items. I do miss Brian Cush, too. He's not playing either, which is kind of crazy. I'd at least have him on special teams or something, I guess. But uh, all right. House cleaning items. We uh, so this is the first time we're recording the podcast this way, guys. If this doesn't work out, just let us let us know what you think of the quality. Hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at Houston FB Pod. Uh, feel free to send us an email at TexansUnfiltered at gmail uh, This is for you guys, not for us. So if this isn't working, we will go back to the old way of doing things. This is really just a trial run for us. I think it's going to work, uh, but we'll find out here in about. 25 minutes after I edit it. But uh, other than that, we also have a winner of the Texans Deshaun Watson battle red Jersey. It was at Rex 14. Uh, so congratulations. If you can get a hold of me on Instagram or Twitter and DM me the uh, address to send that Jersey to, I would be more than happy to do so. Uh 
Thirdly, thank you to our patrons for giving us the option to be able to improve this podcast in the manner that we have been looking to do for quite some time. We told you guys drops were coming. We told you that we would get better audio quality. I'm hoping that we did that today, but if it wasn't today, it will be the next podcast. Uh, and other than that, John, is there anything else? Did we want to go around the league at all? Did you want to talk about how Mariota got sacked 11 times? Or did you want to talk about how Brock Osweiler threw for 380 yards and three touchdowns and Albert Wilson caught two plus 156 Dude, yards? Dude, the NFL is crazy. <laughs> is there anything else you wanted to cover? absolutely crazy. Somebody won a million dollars because of Brock Osweiler. <laughs> and uh, one of those daily fantasy. Yeah, one of those daily fantasy things won a million dollars because of him Nuh-uh. so shit dude. <laughs> what what can you oh say i mean i i you could i couldn't i wouldn't have used your money to bet on brock osweiler i wouldn't have done it for like a five dollar game but shit somebody's got balls um i don't know what to make of the titans uh something's wrong with Mariota's arm still that nerve injury i mean so, thankful. I mean, maybe thankfully, because now it gave us a chance to get all tied up again. We know what's wrong with the Jaguars. It's Bortles. I mean, what else? Uh, Pat Mahomes. Dude. Dude. I may have to re-release some of, some of my Stop. defenses of him <laughs> to <Stop>. draft him. <laughs> Don't do it. I turns out turns out I was spot on, but he's good. He's really good. God, dude, he is absolutely. <laughs> oh yeah. Only I thing told that you, was Mahomes better is going to be a coach killer. Tom Brady because he he's going to do things like quick. this, and he's going to be a coach killer. But he's going to be. But he's going to be fun to watch. Look. I mean, he's going to be fun to watch. You know, it's funny watching that pass to Tyreek Hill, that that 74-yard bomb or whatever it was. God, it was just such a fucking beautiful throw. Like, just the motion, the the leveling of the pass, like he, the touch on the ball. Uh, he just the, – the way it flew out, like, I don't know, man. Like, that was just a beautiful, beautiful pass. Like, it, it really – I don't know, dude. I think, yeah, you're right. I mean, Mahomes, Mahomes is going to be very good. I'm just interested to see how long it lasts or if it's an Andy Reid thing. I don't think it's an Andy Reid thing. I think Mahomes is really just that freaking good. And to be honest with you, I would still pick the Chiefs over the Patriots. I don't know. Um, you just can't January. bet against the Patriots. But the thing that's best about Andy Reid is he's got enough. He's one of the few coaches that Mahomes won't be able to. Pretty much when I call Mahomes a coach killer, he's got so much talent, so much potential, that it, but he still does boneheaded plays sometimes that every GM or every owner is always going to look at the coach. It's like, if I just get the right coach right. to get the most out of him and that he would cause coaches to burn through offensive coordinators. Well, you end up with Andy Reed, who's one of the best offensive minds probably ever. So 
the next two or three years, dude, the Chiefs could be something absolutely scary to watch. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch. All right, uh, that's that's going to be it for this week. Uh, you guys, we appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, you can find us literally anywhere except for Spotify, but we're getting there. We're real close. We're, we're close to being on Spotify too. So if that's where you get your podcast, I would say within the next two weeks, we'll be on Spotify and we will be on literally any platform that you can listen to a podcast uh, within the next two weeks. A lot to figure out, but I'll get it done. Uh, yeah, other than that, just search Texans Unfiltered and just click play because uh, that's how it works and that's how podcasts work. And then you listen and then you tell us how great we are and then we continue. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Houston FB Pod. Uh, congratulations to our winner, Rex14, for the Battle Red Deshaun Watson jersey. Uh, I really appreciate you guys and everything you do for us, and hopefully you appreciate what we do for you. 